You're listening to Her, an ongoing conversation for women by women, exploring all things heal, empower, and rise, giving voice to the feminine. This is a podcast where women support women through thought-provoking, authentic, and raw conversations. I'm Elika. I'm Alegria. And we're here to guide this adventure with you. Your voice matters. Let your voices be heard. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing my good friend, Jackie Novak Lutz, an adjunct instructor at Northampton Community College in Warren County Community College. She's also a newly appointed adjunct lecturer for Baruch College within the CUNY education system. Jackie has seven children in her blended family, ranging in age from 10 to 21. She shares with us her views, concerns, and how she has found this positive and silver lining during the pandemic. Jackie shares what going back to school means to her, her family, and what her school district is doing to ensure students are returning to a safe environment. She has enjoyed the unexpected time with her family during the pandemic and the opportunity to explore sustainability with them. So Jackie, thank you so much for being on the Herd podcast and our series of podcasts where we're interviewing teachers, administrators, staff, parents, advisors, nurses, and getting everyone's perspectives. And our podcast is really about getting raw, getting authentic, and really speaking your concerns and what you're feeling. So we want to give you a platform as a teacher locally to me, <laughs> my co-host is in, is in um, California, so she'll have her own interviews that she's doing. But I wanted just to um, give everyone a background on, you know, I, I've known you for, I think, two years, right? And we've been really great friends, the best of friends. And I thought, wow, I really have to interview my buddy. <laughs> so... <laughs> And get her perspective and what she's going through. And I know that you have, you know, crazy craziness around your world right now. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, what school district uh, that you teach at. Well, Elika, thank you for having me today. I'm happy to be here and to talk to you about my experiences. So for starters, I teach at two local community colleges, Northampton Community College and Warren County Community College. So that's a whole different ball game, but I live within the Nazareth School District. And of my seven children, six of them still are of age to go to school, one's in college. So we have children ranging from fifth grade through a senior in high school um, at Nazareth. And it's difficult trying to figure out what's going to be the best learning modality for each child because they learn differently. We're fortunate that at Nazareth, they've given us two options. There's a Nazareth Cyber Academy, which will line up um, as closely as possible with the Nazareth in-ground, on-ground brick and mortar um, curriculum. So the students who are in the Nazareth Cyber Academy are being taught by Nazareth educators um, who are on ground or 
distance, but they're employees of the Nazareth School District, and their curriculum lines up to the students who are doing the hybrid model. The students who are doing the hybrid model are in school two days a week, um, then they learn virtually two days a week, and our whole district learns virtually on Mondays. I believe that was set to give the um, teachers the opportunity to start off their week and plan accordingly and kind of get the ball rolling for the rest of their week. So out of our six children who are of age to do that, three of them decided they wanted to do the Cyber Academy and three of them decided they wanted to do hybrid. So as much as I'd kind of like to keep them, you know, maybe home a little bit away from what I think might be chaotic in the school, just from a logistical standpoint, I feel like our teachers and administrators have done everything in their power to make the best of the situation. I just think the logistics make a challenging learning environment that the students aren't used to. So for that reason, I kind of wanted them all to do Cyber Academy so that they could learn in the comforts of home and not have to deal with the face masks and the break and the social distancing. Um, I think it might be challenging for them, but the three that chose to go to school and do hybrid, they probably learn better in that modality um, and aren't as strong independent workers as the ones who chose to do the Cyber Academy. So we're gonna see which one um, tends to be the best um, or turns out to be the best educational decision. So it should be interesting. Wow, so, you know, I've always said that you're super mom, super woman. I don't know how you do it. I tell you this all the time. It's crazy and so inspiring and admirable, you know, some moms with two kids can't really balance it and you have seven and you're a teacher and you are seeing it from all angles, which is wonderful. And I'm so glad that you're, you know, you're taking this time because I know your life is so crazy. You're a planner. So you keep your house really organized all the time. And um, I love that. yeah, so I have a bunch of questions now. So. Okay. Go for it. Are you concerned at all with your, your kids that are going back to school, so that are choosing the hybrid and going, do you think that the schools are prepared? Well, I, I think that they've done everything that they know to do or they've been instructed to do to foster a safe environment. Of course, there's responsibility that falls back on the students as far as making sure that they're hygiene is up to par and that they're not sh trying to share different things or touching extra things. Um, but to be honest, we've let two of our boys have been playing um, summer soccer. They play soccer for the high school. So they have been attending practices already. So they've had some contact with other people in our community. And one of our sons plays lacrosse and he did play in a summer league with that. We have one playing flag football one goes to like wrestling training. They're not actually wrestling, but it's like a, a fitness workout. So we have had them in environments already with other students where, you know, temperatures are taken when people are standing around, they're in masks, but there are, are things going on where, you know, there aren't masks and we're hoping that everyone's been following the protocols. So as far as the illness concern, 
I'm hoping that my children are smart and do the things that we've been teaching them to do. And I'm hoping that the, the school is just doing their due diligence as they have put out that they are doing. So I think there's always a concern, but you know, I could just as easily probably bring something into my house as the adult who grocery shops and runs errands and I try to be careful and responsible um, as they could get something at school. So I, I think there's a little bit of balance there. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I don't have children um, that are of age in, the, in school. Um, my kids are adults and um, one is still living at home. The other one is on her own and she's actually in New York. Um, and they're being as careful as possible, but I don't have that perspective. It's really great to hear your perspective, you know, again, from the many different uh, levels uh, that you're involved with. Um, are you at all going as a teacher back to school? I am. I am, as of now, I am scheduled to teach um, at Northampton Community College uh, one of my five classes is on ground, on campus. They staggered our start times to have less people in the buildings at the same time. So instead of like all the classes starting at 8 and 9.30, everything's staggered a little bit. And students are encouraged to get to school, come into the buildings just a few minutes before class. So, you know, come in a few minutes before class. There's a area set up where they can do temperature checks if they didn't do it at home. We have a self-monitoring um, system that everyone at the school is supposed to be using. It's through our app. It asks a series of questions and it gives you a green check if you're cleared based on that, those questions to come to campus. Um, everyone's supposed to do that beforehand, that screening. If um, something is not in accordance to how they want it to be or what they feel is healthy or safe, they give you instructions to call the health center and they'll tell you what to do. Um, so they've done that. So I'm, I'm going, I'm going to school there. That starts on Monday. That should be interesting. They did cut our class size down. They have rooms that are not being used or locked at all times. They're sanitizing every night. They don't have any rooms having classes run back to back. There's always time in between the classes. So there's not that crossover, even though there's 15 minutes in between each class. Um, they don't have that crossover in a room, so um, there's time to have the rooms cleaned in between. There's going to be hand sanitizer and sanitizing wipes in all the rooms. They've taken out all the extra desks, so there's only spacing um, within, I think, the six-foot distance. And there's markings on the floors so that if things get moved, they can get put back where they're supposed to be. Um, they've kind of tried... It sounds like they've really tried to cover all their bases. I haven't been there yet to see how that goes in actuality. And I don't know what it's gonna be like to lecture and, and teach with a mask on for 75 minutes. They encourage us to give mask breaks to the students. They have to wear masks at all time as well, except when they go outside if they go away from people. So they could exit the building and then take their mask off as long as they're away from people to get a little break. But I'm concerned with that is finding out what the other start times and end times of classes are while my class is in the building because I wouldn't want to give my students a break around a start or end time of another class because that would defeat the purpose of what they did with staggering the start times. 
So um, I feel like they've tried their best and we're going to see what happens and just remind, we've been encouraged over and over again to remind our students that we're all in this together. We are all trying to stay as healthy as possible. So, you know, if you're not feeling well, don't come to campus. Um, I'm going to work on making sure that I have supplemental materials and lecture materials for students who aren't feeling well to get to them right away. Um, we have ways through our technology to get them in groups virtually, even during classes. So there's a couple things that I'm going to try as an educator to do some group work and get them involved. Um, it's just going to be a, a different beast. We've never done this before. I've never done this before, but I'm up for the challenge. and Hopefully I'll come out the end as a better educator than I was when it started. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, um, just hearing you talk about, you know, your concerns about the breaks and the masks themselves. I mean, I've uh, worn a mask and I have glasses, so they fog up. It really bothers me. I go out as limited as possible just so I don't have to have to put on my mask uh, because I know it's what we're supposed to do now um, and it's what most businesses want us to do is wear a mask when you go inside keep everyone safe but it's been tough for me so have any of your students reached out to you do you do you talk to any of the students before I mean they sign up you know who you're having in your class I don't know when you get that information but have any of your students reach out to you and ask you questions beforehand? Have there been any concerns? So at Northampton, where classes start on Monday, today's the first day that students are able to access their information online, where they'll be able to see more of my class information. Um, I've been able to see who's enrolled. I don't typically reach out to them until a couple days before, which will probably be um, tomorrow, will be my first interaction with them. The students that have reached out, there's some concerns of, you know, I'm new, I'm a freshman, that's typically who I have. I have dual enrolled students too who are seniors in high school and take some college credits. So the emails that I have so far are like, are we really gonna have class on ground? Is it really at school or is it virtual? And in every email, I try to answer their question, give them as much information as possible, which I normally wouldn't if they were like, what building is it in? I would just say, oh, we're in this building. And now I'm like, we're in this building. You need to enter through these doors. These are the exact directions to the classroom because I don't want them walking around and figuring it out. Normally I tell them, you know, this is the building and let them kind of figure it out because they're not huge buildings and there's signs and they're totally capable and they should be able to problem solve a little bit. Um, but I try to give them exact directions, which is new. And I remind them all that they must wear a mask from the moment they get out of their vehicle until they re-enter their vehicle. So, and I haven't heard anybody come back at that with questions. Um, so uh, we'll see. There are concerns um, during an administrative meeting we had the other day about how do we handle students who aren't compliant with the mask policy. And it is, it is a policy, there's no, there's no wiggle room. So we just have to remind them why we're doing it and why it's important. And if we're unable to get them to wear a mask, we need to encourage them to leave. And if they won't leave campus, we have to call security. So there's protocol in place. I really don't see that being a problem. I've, I've never experienced a student 
you know, I've been there um, three years, this will be my fourth year. I haven't experienced any students in that age range who were just defiant. So I feel like college students want to be there. I'm sure in high school and middle school, it might be a totally different ball game. You can see that um, students not wanting to wear their mask. And I'm not sure how that's going to play out on their level. But for us, I don't foresee it being a huge issue. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like your schools are putting safety protocols in place. Sounds like they have a good plan in place and that you feel, I mean, to the level that you can comfortable yeah. with, you know, what's in place. And we really don't know what's going to happen once you're there. Right. Um, but what, what are your, are you concerned at all if someone does get, someone from your class on the ground, uh, one of your students does test positive? Are you concerned about that? And what are they saying about, you know, what, what are the steps after that, after they get confirmed as positive? I, my, my first concern as um, an educator, if a student lets me know that they've tested positive and aren't going to be in class or whatnot, um, we do have to make sure they contact the health center and contact the school because our class will then be remote for two weeks, two full weeks um, since they were in the classroom at some point, unless they were never there, maybe it's at the start of the semester, but I believe that our class will then fully go remote for two weeks and the school is set up and our learning management system is set up to incorporate um, a video class type. So that'll be fine. We did some of that in the spring, so I'm not worried about that. But from there, it's just, you know, contacting the student back and making sure that um, they have everything that they need. Um, do they have somebody at home who is caring for them or can care for them? Do they have children that need to be cared for? What's their situation like um, now? Is, is there anything that, th that they need, any areas they need help in? And if so, contacting different divisions at the school to make sure that we can try to help get them any assistance that they need to you know, recover properly and make sure that their household is taken care of during that time because that's that's a huge concern for people. Exactly, and and I'm I'm wondering. I'm I guess I'm just going to ask. Mm -hmm. Was the school? Um, did the school ask the students to get the COVID test before coming to school? Was it a mandatory or not mandatory? Not to my knowledge. I don't believe it was. We also don't have dorms. So it's a commuting school. They do have dorms in Bethlehem, uh, I'm, but I'm teaching primarily at the satellite campus this semester, so um, we're online, so I'm not really sure. I do not believe that our students were required. I know that at other places, at some universities with dorms, students have been required to get it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I asked the question, because I have been seeing the news, and a lot of our local universities have, have been requiring it. Mm -hmm. How have you been handling um, your mental health? Um, I've taken up a lot of cooking. <laughs> um, I feel like it's a constructive outlet and it's something that has helped me feel productive and useful in a time where I feel like a lot of things are out of control. Um, personally, when I feel like a lot of things are out of my control, that's when 
And I think that's normal for a lot of people. That's when I start to feel a little extra stressed or anxious. Um, I like to be able to put my ducks in a row. That makes me happy. Make lists, cross things off, you know. Um, so <laughs> there's just a lot of uncertainties with the pandemic. So I have found that, um, you know, cooking and baking and creating and stuff makes me feel like when I'm doing something healthy for myself and something that my family can enjoy um, and preparing for the winter. We started a garden at the beginning of the pandemic. It was the first time we've done a big garden and it was hugely successful. So we've been making soups and canning sauces and different things like that. And everyone can kind of take part in the finding the recipes and the helping if they want and gives us some family time too, which is also very, you know, grounding and helps take care of your <laughs> mental health is, you know, checking in with the kids and making sure they're doing good. And if they're doing okay, then it's like, all right, so maybe, maybe we are okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I know it's a lot of things that you're doing <laughs> because <laughs> you've been communicating about it and you've been sending me recipes mm -hmm. and really being healthy and sustainable uh, during this time. Um, I know I, I went a little crazy and when the pandemic hit, I was like, I gotta buy chickens. I need eggs, you know? <laughs> so now I'm getting five eggs a day, which is awesome. And We're at four. We have four. We have four. Four of our eight chickies are laying, so. Winning at life. Yeah, right? Yeah, and I know that you've done drawing of fruit. And yeah sent me you know links to that which have been great and I've been trying everything that you've sent me I love being healthy and I think that you know that leads me to my next question you know what are your self-care strategies you know as a woman and and what can you offer advice to all the women out there to keep themselves healthy during this um, time I think the best thing that I've done was prioritizing myself and my sleep schedule um, the less sleep I get, the worse I feel, um, the less sleep I get, the more anxious I feel. Um, so I think that being like, okay, at 10 o'clock, I'm like, okay, we, we have four dogs. So at 10 o'clock, I'm like, we have to walk all the dogs and we have to go to bed. Like, I just need to know that by 1030, I'm actually in bed every night. And that makes a huge difference. That's a huge self-care thing is making sure you get enough rest lets your body heal, makes you settle down. And instead of, you know, playing on the phone or whatever, if I can't fall asleep, I try to bring a book to bed and read a little bit, at least. So if I'm having trouble falling asleep, it gives me something constructive to do with my time, something I enjoy. And as much as I like to read things that are educational or motivating, I try to throw in a good story that's just a feel-good total fiction, you know, girl meets guy, girl gets guy, life is perfect, you know, one of those books. Um, although there's nothing fundamentally constructive, I guess, about spending that time reading, it feels good. It makes me feel good. It brings me joy. So I think that finding anything like that, that makes you happy and spending a few minutes every day, just doing what you need to do is great. Some people can do it in the morning, like the morning routine. I love having a cup of coffee before anybody else in the house is awake. I think that is priceless if you can incorporate that in your world. Um, but just knowing that I go to bed at a certain time every night, and if it's not done by then, it's not done. Like, 
it's fine. It'll still be there tomorrow. We probably still can't leave our house tomorrow. So it's fine. I have plenty of time to do it. Yeah, that sounds, that's amazing. Amazing um, advice to other women. I think that we all, because we're home a lot now, have trouble sticking to a routine as well. Uh, I know I struggle with that because I do so many things, you know, at the same time. Uh, and I'm trying to work on that. But um, you also have told me that you walk and that you're kayaking and you're trying to do things to really de-stress and, and um, enjoy, enjoy life a little more. I think some of what we're going through during this pandemic has really put things into perspective, you know, and more people are spending more time with their families and trying to really, you know, that's valuable. That's valuable. Things that we probably didn't have before with our crazy schedules, our crazy work schedules and getting out of the house. Now we're having to spend time with our families. Um, and we definitely made more of a priority since this started to, we always would try to have dinner as a family at night, but with so many kids and so many activities, everyone is involved in at least one activity every season. That's just normal for us. If it's only one activity per season per kid, that's not a lot. So I've really appreciated the time of like, dinner is at 6.30 at our house now every night. Like nobody has to say what time are we eating because we don't have practices. We don't have a lot of stuff going on. Um, that'll change a little bit here when they go back to school. But I've liked knowing that, you know, I can plan my day to have dinner on the table at 6.30 and everyone knows that they better be done doing whatever they're doing and ready to sit down to have dinner as a family at 6.30. And I've enjoyed that time. And I think that's important too for self-care is having that time with your family and feeling like you get to check in with each one of them and kind of, you know, get to know them a little bit again because kids change so fast. You know, one month they're one person and then they discover something else and you're like, who are you? Like, they're completely different and they're, you know, teenagers just change what they like and what they don't like and how they want to dress and who they hang out with and who they don't hang out with. And um, it's nice getting to spend some time with them. Yeah, and, and your family, I know your family well, so I know that you all help each other out. It's great to have that support system as well. Um, you know, when you post your pictures and the kids are doing the yard work and cleaning up, I love it. And um, that's really inspiring. I think that that's kind of like the silver lining, more family time and being there for each other. Yeah. And I mean, I miss watching them play all their sports because I love that. And that was so our life before was, you know, you get such joy and pride out of watching them do something they love, whether they have a great day or not great day, you know, whatever. I just like watching them do their thing. Um, but now not having all that running around and having more time to like, you know, we have one who's into skateboard. We have three that are into skateboarding, four that are into skateboarding and one of them went to the store and picked up a bunch of wood and had a floor plan and he's 17 and he built this whole like skating box thing and they'll go out and do all this stuff like he bought what he needed and the tools he needed to build this thing that he wanted to build and built it and they all use it and that's definitely something he would have never done pre-pandemic one he wouldn't have had the desire and two he certainly wouldn't have had the time so, and then to see them working together on stuff like that, um, I kind of 
am anxious to almost go back to the normal of the hustle and bustle and running around all the time and every night until whatever time I like the the dinner routine and the, the less craziness the the kids doing stuff together instead of all being you know in 18 different directions I, I like the silver lining of it yeah oh I love that Jackie that's so nice I, I love hearing that I didn't even know about the skateboard you know the, the platform what do they call it skateboard park or whatever they go to the skate park there's like three different three or four different skate parks in our area but he built some sort of skate box and it's I don't know it has maybe a rail on it and a ramp but I don't know it's standing up in our garage and then they like flip it down and it's huge it's huge but impressive that like like a floor like a plan for it and figured out what he needed and was able to buy everything and build it with tools I think all of your kids have done something so Mm -hmm. chicken coop building having chickens um you have two new puppies uh, (laughs) that was the pandemic crazy eight chickens and two puppies yeah really right you have your skateboarding you have the garden that you know the sustainability piece of it you're you know amazing superwoman your family's amazing i love that um and it's inspiring, inspiring to, you know, not everyone is really, some people are going through really horrible times, hardships mm-hmm. right now, a lot of people dying. Um, so, you know, you see it all the time, parents are dying, and it's really, it's really hard to stay positive during this time. And I'm so glad that your family's doing well. I'm so glad that you're positive, And um, I'm so glad that we're giving this message to, you know, our listeners. And I, I don't know, do you have anything else to say? Um, like any words of wisdom, any, anything to say to our listeners? I, I think that um, this time, like you said, it, it's scary for a lot of people and the uncertainty. And we were really fortunate, um, both my husband and I were really fortunate that we were able to work remotely and not have any real lapse in our employment, which definitely makes a difference for people. Um, So we're fortunate there. Um, But we also live with my in-laws. We have like a mother-daughter. So they live attached to us. And they're my in-laws. So they're older. Um, So we do need to be more careful about not bringing anything home to them because they're more susceptible. But we've had this time to enjoy them more because we don't have the hustle and bustle. And I think that's amazing that my kids have had more time with their grandparents and getting to do stuff with them. So I think the slowdown is just, you know, look for the silver lining in it. You, you're given these days and you're given these times right now and there's nothing else you can do for the most part. You might as well just be happy in the situation you're in and make the best of that for you. You know, figure out what a successful day looks like for you. It doesn't have to be what somebody else thinks is successful. For me, it's, you know, we didn't lose any children. Everyone's still healthy and you know, if everyone's still smiling at the end of the day, I feel like it was a fairly successful day. I don't put too much on our plate every day and just, you know, try to get a little bit of happiness in there for everyone. And that's a good day. So I think setting the bar realistic for yourself, whatever makes you happy and your family happy and the people who are important to you, that's all you should care about. Do, do you know, be a good human and 
you know, be smiling at the end of the day and everything will sort itself out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. And um, I know that since I've known you, um, you know, you've always been kind and always do for your friends and your family. Um, that's why I say you're a superwoman. And I loved having you on my podcast episode, loved interviewing you right now. And um, thank you so much for your time. And let's just tell everyone, remember to be kind during these times. I think that that's super important, right? You've always said that. We have matching t-shirts. <laughs> I wore mine yesterday. Uh, <laughs> and um, we went hiking recently. Yes. Want to share that? And we wore those shirts. And how many compliments did we get from people? Because I think that that's on everyone's mind. So many. We had so many compliments of people saying that they loved our shirts. And it was yeah. great. We just had a wonderful day. That was so much fun. I can't wait to go back there with you. A walking reminder to be kind, you know? Yeah, I like that. Perfect. I love you, Jackie. Thank you I so much. I love you too, Elika. Okay. If you enjoyed today's conversation, make sure you share our podcast with other women in your circle. And remember, your voice is your superpower.